King Rock Podcast, and we have a special guest uh, on today. Uh, we've had a couple special guests on this last couple weeks, but this one is a man, pretty crazy. We have uh, one of the actors from Police Academy Four, Citizens on Patrol. That's where you guys would probably only know him for because he doesn't, you, he's not unseen anywhere else. Uh, everyone, give it up for Steve Caballero. What's going on, man? Hello, hello. How's it going, Billy? How you doing? I'm good. Good, man. Good, good. I, I, I had to give you that that intro because I, <laughs> I gave Jay Bentley the intro of that he's in um, me first in the Gimme Gimmies. <laughs> he he thought it was funny, so I thought I'd give it another shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, man. 1987, huh? The Police Academy movie. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a great experience. Um, Stacy Peralta actually lined that up uh, with some movie movie people, and he was doing a lot of films at that time and a lot of commercials. and And we ended up they wanted some skateboarders um, to be in the scene, so um, we got hired to go to Vancouver, Canada, to shoot night scenes for that whole sequence. That's pretty cool, man. David Spade is in it, and uh, I mean, they actually had a pretty good cast for like a. A number four sequel you know yeah but yeah. <laughs> but yeah come on everyone you guys you guys know who steve caballero is uh skate he's been a legendary skateboarder since the the early 80s maybe even the 70s i would say uh i mean 1999 got labeled um the skater of the century which is insane um he's in bands he's an artist he does it all he's a he's like a renaissance man so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to have you on, man. I've been a fan since I was just a young little dude, like four or five years old. So it's pretty cool. Sweet. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. And I, 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 you do a lot of um, interviews where you talk about skating a lot. So I think we maybe we could like gear it towards a little bit more um, like music and art, if that's cool with you. Yeah, I'm always at, you know, at the mercy of the <laughs> what they want right on. i'm just here to give you information <laughs> right on man yeah i saw um during the bones brigade interviewed uh during the documentary uh rodney mullen had said that you guys pretty much created your own language and then seeing you on the the wolf versus hawk podcast if anyone doesn't know anything about skateboarding they wouldn't have any clue of what you guys are talking about man because <laughs> it was just basically your own language it was really kind of something cool to like listen to well yeah i mean a lot of the, the the things that we do are based on maneuvers that were invented and they all have names to them um so yeah it's it's with any kind of sport or any kind of uh, activity um things get labeled so we kind of understand what they are and skaters are very creative and funny in a certain way so a lot of the names are are, are, are pretty weird you know yeah. <laughs> not you know and it's not so much the language but it's how we view the world mm -hmm. differently because when we are traveling down a street or something and we have skateboarding on our mind we'll look at things differently than a normal person because they're, that's not on their mind of like how could we be creative on this obstacle or this building or this landscape? And, you know, that's where the, uh, the sense of an artist 
comes in hand when it be when you're a skater because you're looking at your surroundings. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. you know you're a, a team sport player. Um, you know, baseball, basketball, and you're not driving around like, oh, how could I like use this for like yeah. something that has to do with football or baseball? Yeah. How so, can I score a touchdown on that curb right there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, skateboarding's art and everyone has their individual style and, and what they have to offer to the sport. And, uh, and it just keeps, it's like endless, you know, it's like our minds can go in so many different places. And um, when a lot of people are very passionate about the sport and what they do, their mind starts wandering. And then everything that we do or have done in skateboarding has, has started from a dream or a thought of the possibility of something happening and uh, just us being very stubborn and persevered through mistakes we've been able to become successful at a few things and a lot of a lot of skaters even to today um are influenced by other skateboarders uh whether it's an age thing or um you know even like now when i see like the female skateboarding um group uh, mm-hmm. I feel like they're able to inspire each other because they see other females when that was a very tough for them over the years when, because it, it just took a few to be passionate enough to be able to continue and to fight through, you know, the pressures of what, what people thought of them, you know? Yeah. I, I think uh, that even that Tony Hawk game, like really like even having like a Lisa steamer on there, you know, I think that kind of gave women more like, oh, my God, look, at there's a woman skateboarder on a video game like that. I think that kind of started a lot of it. Well, I mean, there's there's yeah. always been women skaters, but I mean, throughout the time, like even through the Venice locals and all that. But yeah, um, yeah, just I, I, I've heard a lot of um, women talk about, oh, wow, like I saw that I saw Lisa Steamer on there. And now I, I realized I could do it. And like there was actually a character for me to actually play in a video game. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And so it's very relatable and it just takes one person believing in themselves um, to make things happen, you know, and that's just just life itself. So, you know, a bummer, bummer part about life is there's a lot of self-doubt, you know, Mm -hmm. what a person's capable of. And sometimes that's influenced by your surroundings, uh, your parents that you grew up or, or, or just the people in your community uh, telling you that, you know, you're not good enough. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, man. And that's a, the thing with the skater mentality has always been like, um, how when am I going to accomplish this? Not really. Or like, when and how am I going to accomplish this? Not if or, or or can I do it? It's always been like a can do attitude, but uh, it's just a lot of repetition and like fighting through. And it's that's that's crazy. That's a it's a lot. I a lot of friends growing up, I like I couldn't even explain it to my other friends because I, you know, play soccer, hockey, football, all that. And you can't explain it to them. But, that you know, like you have that mentality. I had the mentality as a skater playing other sports like, you know, oh, I, I will be able like when I'll be able to like have my slap shot over 80 miles an hour, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But like a lot of uh, other athletes couldn't really like contemplate that. But when skaters are sitting there doing the same trick over and over, 
you know, just repetition, repetition, just like just killing yourself over it too, man. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have to, you definitely learn a lot of patience when it comes to skateboarding and then just some people are just more patient than others, yeah. you know? And I always say the definition of patience is long suffering. <laughs> yeah, and that's some, true. Some people just aren't willing to suffer as much as another person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a very patient person. I'm, I, I suffer <laughs> very hard. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so what came first? Did you start skating first or were, were you like doing art first or music? Um, well, I'd probably say I was doing art first because as a kid, you're always mm -hmm. kind of scribbling with pencils or playing with crayons, you yeah. know, in school. Um, so art has always been something that was on, on my heart, but I didn't really get into art like seriously until like around 2005 when okay. I wanted to actually start um, doing galleries and, and participating in, in group art shows with other skateboarders. Um, but I, you know, I always kind of did it on the side just for fun, you know, um, but skating to me became a, a really strong passion in 76. And then I turned pro in 1980. And then once I turned pro and started making money, then I felt like that was my profession Yeah, that I, you know, came, came to be as it you know, at first it was just a fad. It was something I did for fun. And then I got serious about it because I felt like it was something I could excel in very well. And so from that, from being a skateboarder and learning tricks and learning uh, what it took to be good at it, I, I've always just kind of applied that to everything else that um, I have in my life. And so yeah. it just seems to work, you know, um, skateboarding, um, teaches you to fail to succeed and whatever you're trying doesn't matter what you want to be good at you have to fail a lot of times before you can be successful and I know that takes time so hours in hours out you know eventually the more time you put into something the better you're going to be at it and um, you'll discover how to make less mistakes you know and that's where wisdom comes in and so you know if anything if I was you know to tell my, you know, childhood self what it takes to be great at something is um, time, you know, perseverance, mm -hmm. dedication. And so now as an adult, I try to share that with people around me and let them know that I don't believe in natural talent. I feel that talent comes at hand when you put the work in. And, you know, people will will argue that point with me and be like, well, I, I feel like some people work harder than others mm -hmm. or work just the same. I go, no, that's not true. You don't know the person dealing with the pressures, the anxieties of uh, accomplishing anything. You know, everyone's are each individual. They know themselves. They know how much they're going to effort they're going to put into it. And I know how much effort I put into what I did my whole life. You know, and it's just, you know, it's it's kind of sad because, you know, people will 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 say like, oh, you know, what's it like to never have a nine to five job? And I believe like, yeah. I've had a 24 seven job, you know. Yeah. You know, maybe I didn't clock in like the normal person that has a routine of getting to a place of work. But um, my work is different. You know, my mind is yeah. always going always thinking of the next move 
you know, what can I do to be creative today? What can I do to be progressive? What could I do to accomplish something, you know, it changes daily with me. It depends on who I'm hanging out with depends on what I start to get passionate about. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's art, whether it's music, writing a song, adding to a song that our group is working on to like one day waking up going like, Oh, I want to go to the, the ramp and I want to try to learn a new trick or relearn old tricks. I mean, it changes daily for me. So that's why my plate's pretty full and um, I'm always have something to do. Yeah. So most, most notably you've been in in a lot of bands um, throughout the years. And uh, I would say faction is probably the faction has probably been the most famous out of those groups. I mean, you're a thing right now. I think you guys are killing it, dude. I, I can't be even like more stoked on this band. Like I, I can't wait for, I would just want more music. <laughs> I want more music like all the time, but um, yeah. So you guys put out, um, you guys put out an EP uh, or not an EP. You put out a full length in 2021 on cyber cyber tracks called chasing horizons. Uh, that's, that's a killer album, dude. Thank you. It's like each song is a banger, dude. Like every song is good. There's not, a, there's no filler on that whole album. Oh, cool. Appreciate that. Yeah, that a lot of that yeah. that work is our singer, Tim's um, mm-hmm. soul. And, you know, we we formed Urethane with um, within uh, COVID when COVID was re- really rampant. Yeah. And people were just kind of hiding out and people weren't going out and gathering. And, and we were stuck in our studio um, writing songs and, you know, um, building this band together so when it did finally surpass uh the fact that people were able to go out and hang out we already had songs written uh ready to record and we were ready to play um yeah you know so it it, covid actually was a positive thing for this band because it it gave us an outlet to and a, a lot of time to focus and write and and create this band um and then so once once all that ended, we got the ball rolling. We just started booking whatever we could. And one one thing fell on to the other. And mm-hmm. the great thing about this band that we started um, started with me and the singer because I was looking for a singer for another mm-hmm. band and found him. The current current band that I was in wasn't really stoked on his voice. And so I left yeah. the band and joined you know, with Tim. And then uh, we found a, uh, found a drummer. We were a three piece for a while. Uh, His name is Dylan. He used to play for the bomb pops. And um, after about six months, I was like, Oh man, I I feel like I want to play guitar because I played bass. Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep it a three piece, keep it really small. And uh, Tim said, yeah. Why don't you why don't you pick up the bass? I mean, I uh, pick up the guitar and 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 play with me. And so, um, we found Chad, and Chad was a singer for Skipjack, and he really wanted to be a part of this project that we were doing. Um, I think eventually he wanted to play guitar, but then um, Tim said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, you can be in the band, but um, you're gonna you're gonna play bass." And he's all, "Yeah." <laughs> so uh, with that, with that's that cool. Spare, you know, Chad's been in the industry for a long time, since the late 90s, and mm-hmm. um, he's been playing music his whole life. And so he's got a lot of connections with a lot of uh, 
those pop punk bands and he's played with a lot of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so he's the one that actually ended up getting us the record deal, the chasing horizons. And, oh, cool. and so we put that album out under cyber tracks, which is owned by uh, El Jefe from no effects and his ex-wife. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they got, I, they have a, uh, they have the implants for a while. They had pulley. It's pretty pretty badass label, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked out because I think they were they were trying to revamp yeah uh, and, and and Jan Jennifer, who's you know pretty much the head of it, um were trying to revamp Cybertrack. So we were a perfect opportunity to get their the ball rolling again with them. Yeah. Um, and they paid for our recording and they 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 set us up with an amazing producer named Cameron Webb. Oh yeah, Cameron's was, amazing. Yeah. In turn, like I didn't even know who he was and I didn't really uh, have the experience of working with, with the producer, with all the other bands that I have been in, you know, yeah. like action, we just kind of recorded it ourselves and, yeah. and we mixed and mastered it all ourselves. Um, we never hired a producer. Um, so I didn't really understand what that, yeah. that did, but after this experience, I, I realized how important Cameron Webb is to the band, our sound um, yeah. he really worked us really, you know, brought out the best of us Yeah, as musicians. And he gave us some really solid ideas to help, you know, enhance the songs. So I remember <clears throat> going into the studio with not that much, um, mm. material going in, but as we were recording, I was writing my guitar parts in there and I came out with a lot of melodic things, uh, that I never even thought about going in. Um, and so that really helped shape the sound of the album. And I ended up singing a lot more than I thought I was going to, um, just trying stuff out. Um, so that's, that has given me a lot of confidence with backing vocals as well, um, with the band. And so we did that album, you know, last year and we're at now, right now we're currently working on a new one. We just released, a um, a a two song, seven inch, um, 45 called dog ears. Um, we have some guest um, players in, in one of the songs called yeah, Brenna red, right? <laughs> Brenna red from last yeah. time. And then um, Matt Hensley from uh, blindfold monks, monks and uh, flog and Molly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I worked with um, the last gang. I did their, um, their album cover, their la the keep them counting. Yep. And I kind of, kind of got them hooked up with Fat a little bit, Fat Records. So, awesome. yeah, I got to go on tour with them on their first tour. It was like the coolest fucking thing, man. It was like hey. they went on tour for the Punk and Drubble tour, and it was Bad Religion, No Effects, yeah. The Interrupters, uh, and Mad Caddies. I mean, mm -hmm. it was pretty awesome, man. <laughs> but well, yeah, we would, like, we would like to get more. We would like to get hooked up with Fat Records too. So if you can put in a word, <laughs> I mean, I you guys have a better word than I do. I actually got lucky. I I name dropped Stacy D, which was kind of a uh, it didn't go well. Let's just put it that way. Because uh, I, I was talking with Stacy and I was telling her, you know, like, dude, how badass is this band? And she was like, you know, they're really good. And I was like, well, what do you think? Should I send them to Fat? And she goes, yeah. I mean, you worth a shot you know send them an email next thing you know like four or five months later and then that didn't turn out it was like stacy called me up how could you drop my name like that and i was like i got <laughs> nervous i just 
I didn't mean yeah. to. Like, it wasn't, you know, anything like that. And I mean, whatever. It's all cool now, you know, like everyone's happy, everyone's friends and all that. So, yeah. And now you got Brenna on your song, which is fucking cool. And uh, that song's killer, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that was Chad. That yeah. song was Chad's idea, our bass player. He uh, it's an old folk yeah. song that he turned into a punk song. Um, and actually, it's funny that you say mm -hmm. Stacey, she was my first choice of singing on that. She was going to. Oh, gonna really? Be, oh, yeah. But she didn't have time. And I think she was busy. Uh, so yeah. um, Cameron Webb um, recommended um, Brenna. Brenna. That's cool, man. That's cool how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah Stacey is always busy, out. man. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, that song came out great, man. It's very folksy. I could tell that there's a definite folk in influence. I mean, then you got you got Matt on there. I mean, that that definitely even adds the flavor to more the more folk, yeah, uh, type sound on there. But it's killer. Yeah, and it's you know it's really fun being able to include your friends and other musicians that are are famous. You know, so like, um, mm. you know, I, I think it's just a it's it's yeah. A, you had Jim on the first album, right? Jim yeah. Lindbergh from Pennywise. Yeah, we had him um, yeah. sing vocals on uh, the song Inheritance. And then um, we had Toby Morris. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, guest vocals on one of um, our other songs as well. Dude, that song is killer. Both those, I mean, the whole album is really good, but it, it's so crazy to hear Toby on that, man. It sounds so good. Like, I wonder if he got the, I wonder if he got the itch to come back a little bit, maybe start playing again. Because um, it sounded good. <laughs> I mean, they're on tour. I think. Are they really? I think okay. so. Or they're going on tour. Um, That's killer. Yeah, they are. Because we're going to make, we might see them in Europe, I think. Okay. Yeah. On, yeah, on I like how you guys named that the Euro, Euro, Euro tour or whatever. The <laughs> Eurovision tour or Eurothane tour. Uh, yeah. Euro. Yeah. E -Y -E w r or god e u r o i can't spell it right yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's really cool dude that yeah you guys got that coming up in when do you guys have the year tour coming up um because i see i know in october you have what's it oh, sorry go ahead we leave on the 27th okay of this month wow I'm right, and I'm it, right now trying to get my passport um yeah and that's been kind of a, a hectic thing for uh, getting into the embassy to get it, you know, because uh, I didn't know, but you can't have an expired passport that expires like within like three months and mine expires in two. So oh. they're already giving me a little hassle getting on the plane and my passport's not even expired yet. So I'm trying oh, to Friday, I'm going to make my first phone call in the morning to try to get an appointment keep calling every day until um, a week before and then try to call a week before and, and try to get in there. I have everything to renew it. I just, uh, the problem is there's so many people trying to get passports because of what the COVID did thing did. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. Travel now that it's been flooded and they don't have enough workers to make stuff happen. So, um, you know, I told the band, I go, you may be going over to Europe as a three piece you know, if I don't get my, oh, man. or, you know, I wouldn't mind if they just had someone else fill in for me, you know? Oh, that sucks, dude. It happens. You know, I, I, yeah. 
I should have thought about it about a year ago to try to get my passport <laughs> time, but you know, you don't think about those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just excited to go on tour, man. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I didn't I thought people would hassle you if your passport is actually expired, not yeah. Oh, well, your passport's gonna expire, so you can't yeah. you can't come, you know. So oh, dude, that's brutal. And then how long I mean, how long does is the tour even? Uh it's for two and a half weeks. It's yeah. So I mean your, your does your passport expire during that time or is it past that time? It expires in October. And we're back uh oh dude. August we're back August eleventh. And they won't let me fly. Oh what? Are you that's serious? Crazy. That's crazy. It's so weird. That doesn't make any sense, man. Yeah. To be honest with you. You should so, just have all your fans call in. <laughs> it is what it is. Um yeah. You know, we'll see. I, I'm not really sweating it. It's whatever. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm at the age. I don't really care about that stuff at, that much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool that you guys got some more music coming up, man. Is uh, any any release dates or anything like that? Um, we're gonna go back into the studio around, around December, January. I, I okay. I, we're back into Cameron, and hopefully, we have 12, 12 more songs by then. We've been trying to crank out new music. Uh, every time we practice. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a process because now we're yeah. starting from scratch kind of uh, because when we wrote the first album, a lot of the songs were pretty much already <clears throat> had ideas through Tim mm -hmm. uh, through a, a solo project that he was doing. <clears throat> now we're just kind of like starting from scratch as far as writing new music. <clears throat> so we, ha uh, I have some ideas. Chad has ideas. Tim has ideas. So we're just all trying to work together as a team, you know. And then, you know, bands. I mean, it's really tough, you know, because sometimes you're not always on the same page. Mm -hmm. Some people like, you know, yeah. like faster songs. Some people like slower songs. Um, so it's a give and take. Yeah. Uh, what. I mean, you got four members in the band having their own opinions and own ideas yep. of what they want to see happen. And um, yeah, so it's 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 tricky. It's like having four cooks. Yeah. In the kitchen. It's, well, it's like you're it's like you're married to four different people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you and then, like <laughs> yeah, you're married to four different people and everyone's got their own schedules. They have their own lives. And then you got to like bring it all together. It's like people don't realize how hard it is. And then, like you said, like you put out the first album and then usually when a band put out, puts out their first album, it's usually one or two people writing most of the stuff. And then when it's like the next couple albums, everyone else is like, Hey man, I got a song too. I want to chip yeah. in. Right. And then hopefully that goes, it goes smoother, but it's, yeah, it's tough, man. Cause everyone, you know, like, oh, we already got this sound going, too. You know, we already have the urethane sound, you know. Who knows? Like, there's yeah. so, I get it, man. There's so many different, especially when we're older. You know, when when we're, like, 17, I can't imagine that it was so much easier to just play in a band. But now it's like people have kids. People have to drop off their kids to school. They have to work. Most people have to work. <laughs> like... It, and then just like especially our age and then trying to put a band together trying to go out on the road trying to practice trying to write songs it's almost impossible yeah everybody else 
besides me have actually have a nine to five job they clock into. Um, two two yeah. of the members in our band are married. Um, yes. so me and Chad, who aren't married, we have kids, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not married. Um, and then, you know, Dylan and Tim are married, so they have wives. Um, so yeah, just balancing that out. But I think most of it is the uh, getting around the constructive criticism of, you know, how we want a song to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the more that you're around these people, the more comfortable you are around letting them know how you feel. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you start dealing with the personalities of each person and what yeah. one person can take and what what one person can't, you know, when it comes to yeah having an opinion or um just trying to create a project together and and learning how to deal with you know constructive criticism you know well yeah and you know yes that's and (laughs) yeah it's hard man yeah so you know it's tough but it's been working i uh, the thing i love about this band is the fact that everyone's very serious about it and they're very professional and we don't have a you know, any flakes in our band or drug addicts or people with a lot of drama. So that helps erase all that time wasted, you Mm -hmm. know, so we're, we're able to be very productive with what we're doing, you know? Yeah. And you guys have had, like, I mean, you guys jumped right in there, man, like right on to like big festivals, killer shows, headlining shows. I mean, the first time I went to go see you guys, I think it was at a punk and public. Mm-hmm. down in san diego yep and um so when you're up, up for talk you got up, up early that day we opened so you got up really early that day oh i did i i oh, so <laughs> i um helped out punk rock saves lives that day too i had to like go stop in anaheim from pomona go and then drop off a bunch of like documents to them but yeah. i got there early because i'm a photographer so there's always a problem with the photo pass mm-hmm. so i get there they're not letting me in and you guys go on, you guys are already on. Yeah. Because they don't, oh, they don't even open the lines until like the opening band goes on. This is stupid. I know. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there yelling at the guy, like, come on, man, I got a photo pass. And then they're like, well, what, I don't understand what a photo pass is. And I'm like, oh my God, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, please just let me go watch this band. I just want to go. The first band is really all, only reason I'm here. <laughs> and then I, I mean it's like i might as well i might as well stay with all the other bands playing yeah. but but just hearing you guys i was like oh dude these and the sound was killer that day too you guys sounded great thank you and then you guys cover one of my favorite songs anything anything by drama rama <laughs> and i was i was stoked to hear that and I, I had a band at the same time and that's the that was our cover song and i was like well <laughs> i guess we're not covering that one anymore <laughs> that's funny yeah that one actually yeah. is a really good hit for us uh so we have a couple cover songs that we do. That's one of them. We yeah. play a Misfit song as okay. well. Um, Eagles Dare. We're Eagles Dare. Oh, yeah, yeah. We play a McRad song from the Old Pal videos. Oh, wow. Um, we also play uh, No Use for a Name. Oh, dude. That's like one of my favorite no bands Use. ever. And Bob Marley. It's Redemption Song. Oh, Redemption Song. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a couple covers under our belt that we 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 jam out every once in a while. Yeah, that's cool. And then usually during the drama rama, you guys have like guests 
come up, right? Sometimes. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if, if they're around and people, and it's pretty easy song to play on bass. So oh, it's we, the easiest. Have, dude. <laughs> I, mean, it's an easy, I mean, it's only four chords. So yeah, if I can play it, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I've been jamming that one for a long time. So, but, um, let me, um, can I take a stab at how you guys got your name? Um, so that was, is it, is it from the animal chin video? Oh no. I mean, from, you mean because of Johnny rad? Yeah, where he's the uh, <laughs> what the wall jammers, and he claims uh, that you guys sold over a hundred records, and then he says urethane, urethane, baby. Yeah, no, but people have mentioned that. Oh, oh uh, really? Okay, I thought yeah, I was... it's funny. People have said that before, but um, I, thought I solved something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that was a name that I kind of had written down in um, kind of like a sketchbook. Um, okay, of, I actually was going to use that as for a solo project thing. That never happened. Mm-hmm. I was on a lot of songs on my on my eight track at home, and that was one of the names I had kind of yeah written down in my little sketch pad notebook. And so I was in another band before Urethane, and we were together for about a year and didn't have a name. And that was one of the names that I threw out for band name, and they weren't into it, you know. So oh man, that's that yeah. idea. And then, but as soon as I got together with Tim who they did not like. <laughs> so I left that. <laughs> uh, I'm like, hey, what do you think about the name Urethane? He's all, it's perfect. Uh, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so it was just easy to, that was easy to come up with. Because uh, the, the problem was with the other band was we were trying to come up with so many different band names and we'd Google it and there'd be like oh, three or five bands already with that same name. Yeah. So it was just like, man, are we going to have to like just make up a word? that has mm. meaning to to have a band name because i'm in there's been bands for like years that have like yeah. come up with names and every everything's been used under the sun you know it's- everything is done man <laughs> you just gotta either like combine some cool names together i had the dagger bats for a while dagger bats? i was like and i came up with a cool logo it had dagger bat the dagger bats so yeah. it had like a dagger in the middle and it had like bat wings on the oh, side yeah. and everyone thought that was cool but it's like yeah but i couldn't get a band together so it's like uh, oh but no no one being, being 43 is impossible no no one has that name wow that's great so i still i still got it i still got it but i and i'm still i'm kind of jamming with someone right now but it's like <laughs> you can't get 40 year olds together to play anymore dude it's it's impossible <laughs> And then just like trying to find cool people that aren't like sketchy, you know, from like Craigslist or something. Yeah. It's it's bad, man. That's the hard part. Like, it's, yeah. So, yeah. Getting, I always say that, you know, it doesn't matter how good you play in a band to, to keep a band together. It's just how well can you hang out as friends? You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, you're dealing with so many different personalities. So it's tough, you know, Um You've seen, you know, documentaries on uh, older rock bands that 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 the groups only. I've watched all of them. <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So sometimes not everybody is happy on the inside, but they're producing great music on the outside. You know. Yeah, and it's like if I you could kind of make it work too if you don't even get along, but it's like why put a? Yeah, I mean, you're you're just putting your heart out there, and then it's like if 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 everything's not going right, it kind of. It just weighs on you, man. I don't think it's healthy, to be honest. No. Yeah, Eventually, for, for it catches sure. Up, 
you know, um, yeah. perfect examples when I met um, the band Strung Out on mm-hmm. uh, on the Warp Tour. Um, yeah. I knew that there was some tension in yeah. that band. And, you know, lo and behold, 20 years later or, you know, less than 20 years later, um, they finally part ways, but they did not yeah. like each other. The, you know, some of the guys in the band did not like each other. You know, so, you know, it's just, I would, I would trip off. like, how can you be in a band with the guys? Yeah. You hate, you hate the guys in your band, but you're playing music with them. Like, I don't Yeah. Know. Like, so I kind of feel like, well, then you're just kind of selling out because you're just doing it for the money. You know? Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. It's, I was in this band called Not It for a while. And it was like, if the music wasn't so good, I got, we got along pretty much too, but it was like it's always just like little things here and there man and it was like really just trying to go out and play that's all i wanted to do was yeah. after going on that tour with last gang i was like this is it man i've wasted enough time like <laughs> and now i'm doing this photo thing like photography's cool and all but it's like what i'm i'm only there so you know like yeah. you can't you can't go on tours yeah you know you gotta beg bands to like take you with them and that's not like bands have money to take a photographer with them you know so yeah that's a man but touring is touring is the best man yeah it's fun what's up i said that's another yeah you came up with oh yeah it was like our singer came up with this song called not it and we were we were just like dying for whatever like what are we gonna call this band dude yeah and we were like, well, that song, Not It, is cool. And, and we were like, oh, it's got to be taken. And then, no, uh, like, luckily enough, it wasn't taken. And then so our logo was just, it was the Bad Religion logo, mm-hmm. except it had an I in there. So it was like I-T and then, like, the not sign over it. Nice. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was good. And we were pretty good, dude. And I had high hopes that I was like, maybe we can get signed to Fat. Maybe, you know, we can <laughs> <laughs> try to get in there. But, yeah, just shit happens, man. And i mean we're all 40 year old dudes like everyone has a family there it just wasn't gonna work dude. especially because i was like i was really like trying to push it and like tour and stuff and nobody could tour <laughs> they're like 40 year olds with families like dude we can't go on tour with you you know like we have to go take our kids to school and stuff yeah. like that and i'm like yeah i get that but um yeah actually do you know danny uh warsop He's in, uh, he's a producer also. He was in, um, he, he just started a band called Not, and he told me that he's taking the name. He, I was like, you can take Not It if you want. Yeah. He's like, no, like Not is fine. And now he did, he's doing Not with the Mercy Music guys. Oh yeah, I've seen that. We, yeah. we, we played with them. Oh, okay, okay. We played with them at um, the bar in Long Beach. Oh, Alex's bar? Alex's bar. Yeah, because yeah. I saw those guys from Mercy Me standing in the in the in the back area. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Like, oh yeah. we're, we're playing in this band. <laughs> it's our first show. It's our first show with this producer guy. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. So we played with those guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah Davey's yeah. a cool dude, man. He was in um the band called Sharp Shock mm-hmm. for a while. He's been in some good bands, dude. But he's he's a good dude too. Another yeah, good think, producer. Yeah, I think the the not it's has a good ring to it you know that's yeah that's a good that's a cool name and then you know like dagger bat is pretty cool too dude i'll when i get in a band (laughs) the only thing i'm doing is thinking of what is the coolest (laughs) name ever and that's the the thing is i have adhd and so like 
<laughs> my brain won't shut off until I can come up with a cool name. Yeah. And it's, it's annoying because I'll just be looking, oh, the keyboards, the microphones. Yeah. And it's like just constantly all day. Yeah. And then until I come up with something cool and then I can kind of save it. And then like, okay, I'm going to tell the guys about this later. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. like most of the time they hate it. <laughs> so it's like. So we'll back to your thing. I mean, yeah, you know, it it obviously reflects on skateboarding. Yeah. Um. So that's why I chose that because um, I had I had a name I wanted to use for the old older band called Power Slide. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, that that'd be such a cool name for a band, Power Slide. And yeah. then lo and behold, there's like five other bands. There's like a reggae band, a rock band, and a oh, punk dude. band all called power slide <laughs> yeah so it's like every name is taken yeah well i was tripping out when i typed in urethane and nothing came up and i'm like wow no one used urethane <laughs> yeah you feel like you hit the jackpot right <laughs> well it's like you have to yes. really be a skateboarder to really understand what that word is you yeah know, it's not a very common word that people throw around but skateboarders know what urethane is so yeah it's it's in the wheels right yeah it's the type. Okay. It's the yeah. it's a material that that skateboard wheels um, that were actually a first urethane wheel was uh, developed uh, called the Cadillac wheel in 1975 or 76. Uh, but before oh, wow. that was uh, clay wheels, steel, plastic, and rubber. Uh, wow! And you collect skateboards too, right? You have like yeah. a whole. Yeah. So I have, have a your... 1960s. Yeah skateboard collection with no urethane wheels oh wow any of them. Uh, because it's pre-70 um, yeah that i own are pre-70 what's the coolest skateboard you own what's your favorite um you mean from the 60s or from any from any time like um i have one that is a reproduction it's in my living room it's a reproduction of a board that i rode in 1980, before I got my my pro model with the dragon, mm-hmm. um, it's a repo um, deck that a friend made from Australia of the graphic that I refused. But all the pieces that are on the on the board are all original from the 80s. Wow, that's yeah. cool. The deck is the only thing that's a re- reproduction, but it looks exactly. I mean, I even stickered it the same way that I have a photo of me riding the pipeline skate park doing a corner and yeah. photo of me doing a corner air in the combi pool and I can see the sticker lineup. And I, so I found all the stickers from the eighties and, and reproduced that whole deck the way it looks exactly like it. That's crazy. Is that a black and white photo? Uh, there's the black and white color. There's color photo of me as well. Yeah. There's this one really badass photo I've seen of you at uh, Upland um, pipeline it's black and white and it's like you're just coming out of the bold it's like it's one of the sickest photos i've ever seen yeah that's a grant britain photo i think it's the backside boneless one that uh they used probably see at van stores all over the the u.s okay oh yeah i I even went to japan and walked in a van store there and there's this huge it was blown up super huge right uh, um behind the cash register of that photo of me at upland and then wow. at the board, it, uh, I drew the faction. Uh-huh. Everyone thinks it's a sticker on the board, but that's actually done in in um, Sharpie, black Sharpie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I can't believe I was actually, I saw you skate at Pipeline. 
actually, I don't know if I saw you skate there, but I remember that everyone was like, Steve Caballero's here. And I was so little, but I, I knew who exactly who you were. We used to rent videos every weekend. And that's all we would do is watch videos and then go skate. Nice. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it was, those were the days, man. And it was like, you and Hustoy, who was going to do the bigger air? You know, <laughs> it was like, they, you just don't have that really anymore. It's like, or at least for, you know, like, it was more too, because like skateboard was kind of discovering what it was going to be. Mm. And now it's kind of has like, has like a, okay, here's, here's what it is now. And this is it. But it's like more before it was like discovering like what it well, was. And it was, it was same, so, yeah. We did the same thing as you did before video was even around. We would just look at magazines yeah, and, and then go skateboarding. So we were influenced by that way. But, um, you know, I think Paul Peralta, I think Stacy with his um, TV and video, uh, mindset he wanted to bring skateboard into television you know mm -hmm. sets around the world <clears throat> and the vcr so we, it kind of coincided with the, the invention of the vcr yeah uh, in homes to to record vhs tapes and he just went with it at that time and so we were able to get videos out to the public before any other company because of stacy's vision you know he had that's crazy you know, so we were there at the forefront of the video age. Um, so, and we were just doing it for fun, just kind of capturing the moments, you yeah. know, and then um, in the nineties, it went from huge VHS cameras to little tiny mini video mm -hmm. and people were videotaping each other. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter the quality, it was just getting the tricks, you know, and that's yeah. nineties H street videos came out and um those were very influential you know because you, they weren't worried about produ video production they just wanted to get the tricks yeah a lot of the tricks that they filmed they spent days and weeks and months trying to film them when everything that we filmed on the pal videos were tricks we already knew how to do and we weren't sitting there for hours trying to capture one trick it was whatever we had at that time that's yeah. what we gave you and so the video age it, it changed drastically and it was more about going out and filming and trying to get a trick that you probably wouldn't have ever do again, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. Man. On to the next <laughs> one. But now it's kind of morphed into like, now people are doing tricks in contests there that were video tricks that were being mm -hmm. like, Oh, you're going to do that again. Like, yeah. Now they got it wired. So I think the whole um, video game, era helped mm -hmm. with that you know helped yeah uh, people get creative of what is possible on a skateboard um when it was just created digitally um you know it 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 it, it had people's minds thinking of like well just what if i just tried that you know i know yeah. i can play on a video game but maybe if i actually did it in person <laughs> yeah. it happen and now I'm, I'm seeing it you know now it blows me yeah it blows me yeah away. It's crazy to see all the crazy stuff that was happening on the Tony Hawk games and then thinking like, there's no way this could ever be done. And now people are doing those tricks. It's insane. Yeah. And at a very young age too. Yeah. 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 Even like Nigel Houston, when he was coming up, he was just like the littlest guy, like him and his little dreadlocks, man. <laughs> but now he's this grown up dude. It's crazy to see. And if you see his video part, he puts the work in, man. The guy, yeah. the guy, the guy suffers a lot. 
you know yeah. he, puts, he puts his body through a lot of pain and torture to get a trick you know it's not easy and yeah. you know doing the stuff that he's doing you're putting your life on the line mm-hmm. you know you're putting your health on the line and when you persevere through that and you come out a winner you have something to show for it you know mm-hmm. um, and so that's wh- where i go back to the natural talent thing he's not he's not naturally talented he he works hard yeah he works really hard man works harder than most yeah you know? but that's the thing um when you're saying um how everyone has like back in the day everyone had nine to five jobs and you were like this is what i do 24 7 people don't understand like they a lot of people shit on that you know like oh you're just doing your hobby and you're just having fun but they don't understand the grind behind that like you have to do this and you have to be the top at it you have to be the best at it or you're not having this job there's no job for like the 200th or the or let's say 2000th best skateboarder really you know like or whatever or like how there's only so many comedians in the world and there's only so many athletes like that like people don't understand like skateboarding is even less than that like like you can't be i don't know how many how many mcdonald's workers are there like in the millions you can't have in the millions of skateboarders making money like there's no way like that's just not a thing yeah i mean like you know it's just it's very important to focus on a career at a very young age where you don't have any mm-hmm. much distractions you know yeah. my own distraction being a pro skateboarder was school yeah so i was yeah. you know 12 to 15 i was focusing on skateboarding in school yeah i wasn't i didn't have to work you know yeah. my work my work was what i put into the sport um you know, I think when people try to focus on a career after school, um, I think it gets tough because, you know, they got to pay, maybe they're old enough where they're moving out. They got to pay rent. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, like I said, if you, if, if you um, groom these kids up at a young age, mm-hmm. if you have parents that are, that are business people or want to see their kids succeed, they'll offer them something that they can focus on and be good at a very young age. And that's all they focus on. And then you have the parents that can support their kids and, and, and allow to take them to these places to, to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot harder to do it on your own, you know? Yeah. So um, it's, and, and it's hard to, to get a kid to like, want to commit to something you know, there's mm-hmm. so much out there that they're, they're confused, you know, and, yeah. you know, and society's telling you to like, oh, you know, go to school, learn these, you know, these curriculums and go to college and spend money learning more and get a, a crazy job doing yeah. that. And, um, you know, you got, you got the pressure of parents wanting you to succeed that way that maybe that's not what the kid wants to do. You know, he wants yeah. to on something else but definitely this young kids that i see skateboarding now that are amazing at seven eight nine ten years old that are incredible they have a future yeah. in the sport you know and uh, they don't have the they don't have distractions and that helps yeah more successful you know but then when you know when they become teenagers and you know relationships come around drugs and alcohol come around um 
social gatherings come around, those are distractions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Work is a distraction. If that's, if, if your hobby or your career you chose is not your work, you know? So, yeah. You know, so to each his own, I mean, everyone, you know, with a sport, you know, you, you have to start, yeah. young. you have to start young. I feel like with art, oh, for sure. you don't really have to start very young. You can be successful with that. If you're around key players and key people, like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't start getting serious about art until 2005. So I was yeah. like already past my teens. And were, were you always drawing and making art though, like throughout that time or? Yeah, a little bit here and there, sketchbooks here and there, but not, not, not yeah. for, not for profit or fame. Or okay. But obviously I have used my fame in skateboarding to help promote the art. So that's, that's definitely, yeah, that definitely helps. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you can see a lot of artists out there that are, you know, dual things. You see a lot of uh, actors or musicians and then they get into the art thing and they put out some art and you're like, Oh, I don't know. But your stuff is dude. It's awesome, man. Like it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't like, that doesn't make sense to me how you haven't been drawing this whole time. Because your stuff is so, it's so, it's like solid, dude. It's like, it's almost like you've been to art school and like art college and all that. Like to where, you know, you see some of these people put out like just some random dots on a page and you're just like, that's, come on, man. I mean, you know, art's very subjective, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, Sometimes it's, it's pleasing, more pleasing to the eye than the next person. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I learned at a very quick pace that art, is not something that you have to um, like, don't be so, don't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't just, just be the best you can and, and just try to accomplish what you, you know, because there's going to be people that don't like your art. Yeah. And people that love your art doesn't mean it's not yeah. good. It just means you can't please everybody. Can't please everybody. And that's just kind of the same thing with music. Mm-hmm. There, you, know, you have to really park your ego when it comes to music because mm-hmm. there's going to be people that love your music and there's going to be people, people that hate your music but yeah. as human beings we always kind of focus on the negative you know you can have like a, a record review of all these great record reviews and then you get one bad record review and you're like what's that guy talking about yeah it's always the negative that stands out you know yeah and that's just because yeah. that's just our human nature is to always be praised yeah. You know, and when once you learn that you can't please everybody, you'll be okay with the negative. It's not something that's nice to hear, but it's yeah. just opinion, and you don't have to take it so seriously. I mean, because if you do, then you're really worried about what that person's like. Is his is that one person's opinion that so that important to you that it ruins your whole day? Yeah, you know, is it more important than the twenty other people that just praised you? Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I mean, even like I'll make a lot of Facebook posts and I'll, I'll like I'll seriously I'll put like 20 positive posts and then I'll put like maybe two like really negative ones. Mm-hmm. Everyone is like, oh, why are you always talking shit? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man, maybe read the other 20 ones. <laughs> yeah, you know? but but that's just how life is, man. It's crazy how to how people just glom on to the, the negative. But um, yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool. Isn't it crazy how you like you've created something to where kids can now go out and do that as a living. Like there was no, there wasn't anything like that before you were around, dude. No, it was, it's pretty cool. And yeah, it's crazy. I'm happy for them. 
you know? Yeah. Um, it's really great to see people experience things that I've experienced over my life. And, you know, I just hope the best for them, you know? Yeah, right on, man. But, you know, success isn't always the best thing. You know, it brings a lot yeah. of hardships. It brings a lot of pressure. Yeah. It brings a lot of, like, false realities. Um, you know, and I meant, I meant mm -hmm. if you have the news, it, you know, people, social media, uh, news gets out. Yeah. I always say there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, everything that happens has happened in the past already. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just, it's just, I think the most difficult thing in life is really trying to figure out what's the most important thing in your life. And is it worth it? You know? Yeah. And, I, it, I, and is it yeah. worth living a long life? that's shitty or yeah. a great life that's short, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's it's all, all about balance. I think all personal preference, you know, yeah. um, we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. That's true. <laughs> Just some go sooner than others, you yeah, know? Man. And what do you want to yeah. do in that, in the meantime? Yeah. You know? Do you want to be influential? Do you want to be a burden? Do you want to inspire people? Do you want to be someone's headache? You know, do you want to love on people? <laughs> yeah. and spend more of your time hating on people. I mean, it's a yeah. The real thing about life is we have free choice. We have a free will. Mm -hmm. We get to choose whatever we want to do, and and those choices can be changed in a second. Either yeah. they're changed for you, or you change them yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's crazy how there's so many random things that could happen in life, dude. And you just got to, I mean, try to at least, you know, take it all in. Take it all in. Try to have, live a balanced, loving life, man. And that's, I mean, that's about all you can do. Yeah, because like yeah. a lot of people that are very poor, but they're super happy, you know. Yeah, have, totally. Happy not having much. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of situations where there's a lot of rich people that have a lot, but they worry about it because they worry about losing it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think when you're able to let go of the stuff that you own, it doesn't own you, you know, yeah. very yeah. tough thing as a human being to do. We all suffer from it. Yeah. You know, you work so hard to obtain something, then you don't want to lose it. it that's the same thing with people. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are afraid of losing people you know oh yeah it's like my, that's my number one fear for sure yeah, so <laughs> but um yeah dude i've had you on for an hour and i i could probably talk to you for another five hours <laughs> <laughs> but but um i really appreciate you coming on man yeah. and uh i usually ask guests at the end um what their dream concert would be if they could come up with any uh it could be living dead it could be like a made-up scenario um a concert of of their choice Dude. And you can pick how many bands you want to. It could be infinite, man. It could be infinite, <laughs> you know. Um, dang. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. I usually ask people ahead of time, but I'm trying to do this thing where I now I'm trying to like because now I think I feel like some people have had a little bit more time to think about it. So I'm like, oh, I want to maybe I'll just sneak it in. <laughs> but it's a tough one, huh? 
Yeah, because I've pretty much gotten to see a lot of the bands that I grew up liking. Yeah, you went to a Beatles house before, right? <laughs> yeah. Did you go to George Harrison's house? house? Yeah. That's insane, dude. Yeah. Yeah, a Beatles concert would have, would, would have been cool to see. A Sex Pistols yeah. concert. Uh, yeah. You know, um, shoot. I almost went to a Nirvana show. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, Dinosaur Junior was playing. Oh, Dinosaur Junior! I like. I would. Even, I'd like. I'd rather go see them. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, went to go, I went to go see them in Santa Cruz, and then I went out yeah. to with my friend who got me into the show, and I missed the opening band. And I come back, and I see a friend sitting at the bar, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, who? What? Who opened up?" And he's like, "Oh, some band called Nirvana." I'm like, "Oh, okay. oh I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." I didn't even know who Nirvana was and they weren't, they weren't big yet, but it would have been cool to see them. Yeah. Open up, you know, yeah, that'd be cool. I lost my chance to see them play. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, I was able to see minor threat. Okay. Play, wow. You know, um, back in the eighties, I was able to see the original lineup of uh, Metallica. Okay. Burton so those are great shows um you know all the punk bands from the 80s I've seen all yeah. the original lineups not the you know the guys that are playing now where there's only one member in the band and they mm-hmm. call themselves yeah, yeah. <laughs> each band yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, know about that. I saw yeah. the vandals when they were the complete band the yeah band. yeah yeah social d when they were the complete original band that's crazy you know, i saw you know um agent orange when it was a complete band um so a lot of the bands that you know you know yeah the ramones you know oh I mean, yeah um but now you know you get one guy <laughs> yeah 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 i just saw marky ramon play the other like a like probably a year or two ago and it was yeah. like okay that's kind of cool it's a given it's our age you know yeah 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 so um but it's cool that you know they're still able to keep the music alive and keep playing yeah it's cool and i think it works easier when you're the actual singer of the band going um but you know i i played with sam hain in the faction after the misfits broke up um so it was just glenn danzig and his new band Uh, we played with them but it was really kind of cool to see um, the Misfits, you know, 20 years later mm-hmm. um, or 30 years later, 40 years later, actually, as almost a complete band without Robo. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. Was amazing. that was amazing to see. That's know? cool. Yeah. Well, right on, man. I don't I don't really I mean, seriously, I got another million questions, but um, let's let's get to uh, you guys. You guys got shows coming up. July 21st and 22nd, uh, the 21st in San Diego. It's actually in Vista, California. Yeah. Um, They're both free shows too. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, in Irvine on the 22nd at the hangar, the hangar beer, that place is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that spot, man. Um, I'll be there probably. So um, thank you. Yeah. October um, in October, you guys have shows with the bouncing souls and anti-flag. Yeah, that's going to be an amazing. That's insane, show. dude. We're excited about that. So I definitely need to get my report yeah. ready for that because we're going to be in Canada for about three dates as well. Um, Canada's we- tough to get into, also. 
Yeah, without a password. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if, uh, if you have a record, a felony or anything, yeah, you're not getting in. Even like a drug, like tickets, dude. Like yeah. it's, I've heard a lot of a lot of horror stories <laughs> from the last gang. They've been telling me. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, right on, man. bring that stuff uh, to the show. I'll sign it there if you want. You know? Okay. Yeah, we're gonna do a giveaway. Uh, I haven't haven't really thought it out yet. I bought the stuff. <laughs> we we have stuff. We have a skateboard, and we're gonna give away some socks. So, um, cool. I, I will, I'm going to make another post about that. And then, uh, cause this, I'll probably, uh, leave this one up for a couple of weeks without doing another podcast. I think I got another one in like two weeks. So we'll let this one marinate for a minute, <laughs> but maybe we could, uh, we could do the giveaway. We could have people, um, show up at the, the hanger, the hanger show. Yeah. Maybe. And then, um, we can give away that stuff. Cause I don't, I hate mailing stuff too, dude. <laughs> it's just way easier to just give stuff away at the show. For sure. So, um, and then, uh, where can we find all your stuff? Um, well, I have my own personal website, stevecabler.com. And I sell a lot of the items that have, uh, my name associated to it with, with, with the products that, um, I endorse. Mm -hmm. So, um, I usually end up signing everything as well too. So that's the incentive to, for someone to come to my website and purchase, uh, my new decks, socks, t-shirts. Um, you name it that we, uh, you know, we've even sold band shoes on there as well. So okay. we, we add things a little, little here and there to the website, but it's a place for people to come and get something signed by me that haven't, you know, that have any access to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, you guys also have stupid rad merch is putting out urethane um, gear. So go, go check out, go check out stupid rad merch. Those guys are the best. Yeah. Um, I love those guys. So. And just, would, and just yeah, shows as well, you know, we yeah. bring a lot of merch to our shows and I bring my art prints as well and try to sell my art there as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then so you, we you just do stuff with the paint, the punk rock paintbrushes too. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got so much stuff going on, man. It's like, we could have just been plugging stuff the whole time. <laughs> what well, all ties in together. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah so, for sure. I'm always out there trying to promote something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then there, you have a art show. I don't. Are you? I are you a part of the art show, or you just have art up at the show? Uh, the, the No Comply in L.A. I think it's um, um, next. It's uh, the twenty second, I believe. Yeah, we have a we have a show that night in Irvine, so I'm not yeah. going to be yeah. the show. I just gave my artwork to one of my um, Tuesday night art buddies, Mark DeSalvo. Oh yeah, he's the one. He's the one who's painted the cover of. The urethane album chasing okay Horizon. yeah i have his um i have one of the pulley prints yeah it's, it's on my other wall <laughs> he's a great artist great painter yeah. he does a lot of art we he comes over every tuesday night for art night and he ended up picking my picking up my two pieces for the no comply show oh killer so he's gonna be at the no comply show he either will be there or he will be at our show at the hangar okay cool yeah, so hopefully we can do the giveaway, and we'll we're gonna give away a skateboard, uh, a urethane skateboard, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can do it at the hangar hangar show. Well, I'll 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 have more details coming up after this. <laughs> All right, thank you. But hey, dude, thank you so much. I've been a fan for forty years, man. So thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, Take have care. a great day. God bless. Yeah, like have a good one, dude. Thanks. Thanks.